Rabbi Sai, good morning. A good Erev Shabbos. Erev Shabbos Kaidish. Parshas Kisisa Tovshin Pegimel. Erev Shabbos Kaidish. Parshas Para Habaleinu Lataiva. Erev Shabbos Kaidish, where we have all finished and we have all been within the week of the great Simchas of the Yomim Toivim of Purim, and I say Yomim Toivim, for those of us that live in Yushalayim, we had it on Tezvav, for those of you throughout the rest of the world, or places which are not Mukov Chayma, so you had it on your Dalit, and we all uh, reveled, and hopefully we had a, a true Simcha, a true happiness, and a true joy, which not only was from the wine that we drank, but from the mitzvahs that we did, from the Maisim Toivim that we did, from the camaraderie that we have. And I have to say that, you know, many, many near Yaakov Talmidim who sent pictures on the WhatsApps, different years, as I say, different uh, folks, different strokes, but each one was in their matzah of remembering what it was like when they were in yeshiva. And um, we hope that those good memories and those good experiences are with us till Etzem Hayyim Hazeh. I do want to mention that uh, our own family had a simcha last night, and I'd like to publicly thank the Rebbein Shalom. Our middle son, Yehuda Leib, uh, was able to get engaged to a wonderful, wonderful uh, person, uh, Mrs. Michal Trank, and the two of them are both Zivik Shanis, and we hope and we pray and we daven that the Zivik Shanis should be Ola Yofa, and that they should all, both of them have a lot of siyat Shmaya and a lot of bracha and a lot of simcha and they should build a bias them and be Yisrael. So we want to publicly thank the Rav for that simcha that happened in our house last night. And it was wonderful to see many people that came to drink l'chaim and to give a mazel tov. The, uh, the, um, the parsha is parsha's kisisa and uh, it's also parsha's parsha. So first I want to say over something which I was thinking about during Purim, and uh, tie it in a little bit to the union of Parshas Parah, and then we'll take a look at some great Vertlach and Parshas Kisisa as well. So first of all, it's interesting to note that uh, I listened to a shir on Purim, Purim morning trying to do the Dafayami from one of the great Magidish Yurim who we have now in Klaus over Absurdly Bornstein from Lakewood. There's one of the Magidish Yurim that you can hear online. And he's a very, very big Lamdan, and he's a Balabas, but he's got a lot to say. And he was Ma'ir at the end of the year one day that uh, really the, the Sugis and the Daf Hayami are really very much involved with the Indian of Nazir and a lot of Tummah, the Taira in Yanim, and especially the few blot that deal with 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 the uh, Tumas Chiburin and uh, parts of the body and Misa and burials and and and, and uh, and another becoming tummy a few times, you know, and it's really like on Purim, it's like so like sacrilegious, like what's going on over here? Here we want to get into the positive, we want to get into the simcha, and we have to deal with the, the depths of, of Misa. And I was thinking along the same lines that, you know, we just had the, the, the Purim, Shushan Purim, where we, celebrated Purim, and at the same time, remember just a year ago, this week was the yard site, the first yard site of the Levaya, of the the the, the Petira, of the Sarah Torah, of Chaim Kanayevsky, Zechot Tzadik, Vakadosh Levrocha, 
And all of us that remember on Purim, we remember hearing the news about how he became sick. And then he pissed for Yamamish and Shusha on Purim, and it was such like a downer. And for those, so the, for myself also, I remember very, very vividly the Levaya of my Rebbe, Rav Moshe Feinstein, which also took place on Shusha and Purim. So it's like, you know, almost like a dichotomy, and how do we somehow handle it? And, and, and what kind of <coughs> message can we truly find from, you know, these types of events? And at the same time, we have to try to keep ourselves into the mitzvah of simcha. We have to truly understand what true simcha is. And the last question we'll just raise is, is that right after Purim, all of a sudden we get into Parshish Paraduma, Paraduma, which also deals <coughs> with Tuma, Vitaira. Why are these the elements which come out right after Purim? What's the connection to Purim? The Suli mentioned the Gavaldik of Marmokim, the Sefer Arve Nachal, and Parsha Shemini, Arve Nachal is a great, great Sefer which was written by the Baal of Ushe Srod, who was one of the great Mechabrim on Yeridea. And he says something very interesting. Now, he raises a question which many of us might have thought about, but probably didn't think about it too much, is that we know that 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 Purim comes out on the the poor, was the girl, was the lottery, and was still in the, was still in Purim over here, so we're still mentioning some Bertha from Purim, the week of Purim, Shvul Shachalbay. So uh, it comes out another, and the reason why it came out another is because Haman said this is a very, very uh, appropriate month, because it's the month that Moshe Rabbeinu was nifter on. He forgot the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu was also born in that day, born in that month. But the question is, that we understand why it was a month of other. But why do we sell? Why do we? Why did it? Why did the? Why was the decree that he made, which the Megillah says it was on Yud Gimel, it was on the thirteenth of other, and we know that it, uh, we uh, on the Tzadatayv Yud Gimel, the Gemara says it's called Zaman Kilo Lakoli. Yud Gimel is Tainus Esther. That's the day that we stood up and we fought against against uh, Haman and against Amalek. So why Dafka did Haman chose choose the thirteenth of the month? You know, I would have asked. Maybe he, should, for, he could have started from the beginning of the month, and for sure he could have chosen the seventh. Seventh was the day that uh, that 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 Marta, that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was nifter on. Why did he wait until Yud Gimel to make the decree? Uh, so the Avi Nachal says an unbelievable thing. Avi Nachal says that we first of all we know we find a, a, an interesting halacha which we're all familiar with, which is. Shoylem v'darshin b'hilchas Pesach lamid yoyim. We're supposed to darshin the halachas of hilchas Pesach 30 days beforehand. In fact, there are those people that on Purim, they already start learning hilchas Pesach because 30 days before, and you got to start learning. So it, it, the simple understanding is it takes 30 days in order for us to learn. But there's a deeper meaning, which the Avi Nachal says. He says the truth is, is that we know that there's mem teshari tumah, which correspond to the Memtes Shari Kedusha. Kla Yisrael and Mitzrayim, they had fallen into the 49th level. And those 49 levels, if they would have reached the 50th level, then we wouldn't have been able to leave. And that's why Kodesh Baruch had to take us out. And that's why Ilu Haitzia, Ilu Haitzia Kodesh Mitzrayim. So there's a concept of the, the, the 49 levels of Tumah. Avin Achel says an interesting thing, interesting thing. He says that 30 days before Pesach, 30 days before Pesach, 
that's the time when HaKadosh Baruch Hu begins to take out the Yid, even a Russia who might not have done the proper things during the course of the year, but every single Russia has the, what's called the, the Nukut Nataiva, has the, the Pitla Yid of the Neshama of a Yid. The Rabbanu starts to take him out every single year from the Memtesh Shari Tumah, 30 days beforehand. That's the period where you begin to get into the Kedusha Vatira of the Yemei Pesach. So it comes out that on Purim, that's when we begin the process of like removing ourselves from the Memtesh Aritumah. And he has a whole cheshman about how much is taken out from each day. But we, we remove ourselves, remove ourselves until we can move ourselves up to the point where now we're able to get into the Kedusha Vatira of the Yomim of Pesach. So what day is the day which during the course of the year, which has the most impact of the Tzad Hara, of the Tzad Atuma, that's the day before Yud Dalad Adar. That's the day before the Shalash Yom, which was Yud Gimel. He says, Why? Because he felt that this is the day, this is the day which is more Mesugal for Tuma. He felt it in his bones, so to speak. He he was more aware of Tuma than anybody else. So the thirteenth day of other, that was the day where there's more Tuma in the Velt. He didn't realize that no matter what, Hakadosh Baruch was going to remove us from it, and that started with the Yemei Purim when Klal Yisrael was makabeling themselves to the Torah, the Kimu v'Kimu when they were makabeling themselves to the Torah. Then we were able to overcome this Kayach of Tuma. So it's it's very apropos. Purim is a time where, yes, there's influences of Tuma Vitara in the world. The 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 Mishnah says something a very interesting thing. He says that we lane Parshas Teruma, excuse me, we say we lane Parshas Para on um, on the third week of the month of Adar, which we do every single year. And that's what we're going to do the Shabbos. We're going to have a special lane. We're going to take out the Sefer Torah. And he says something very interesting. Then Simon Tafresh Pehe. He says, we read the par- Parshish Parah on the third week because Parshish Parah is a time where it's a Bechina of a Tefillah. We're asking a Kaddish Baruch Hu, we're davening to Kaddish Baruch Hu, Gam Hashem Yisraik Aleinu Mayim Tahirim. We want that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should be in order that we ourselves should become Tairim. And that, as we said before from the Arvei Nachal, that this is a time when we're moving closer, we're removing ourselves from the union of Tumba Vitara. It's a Tikkun from the union of Tumba Vitara. And that's the reason why, on Purim already, it makes sense why there might be Leviathans of great people. There might be time periods when there seems to be an intermingling of the 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 concept of kever and the concept of tumas chiburin, and that's why it was very very appropriate. Why this year we learned these sugyas? Because by learning these sugyas, we were able to we we're able to change the elements of tuma to the concepts of tyra. In fact, that's what we find interesting. Rabbi Kiva was once darshaning, and Rabbi Kiva said a drasha, and the, the the his friends told him klach. Rabbi Kiva, what are you doing in 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 Agoda? Klach on Nagayim va'Oilas. You should be involved with Nagayim and Oilas. Nagayim and Oilas are the, the most difficult halachas which a person learns. I heard that the 
the Chazanish once took a mamish a whole month just to learn one Mishnah in 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 and um, we know that the the tikkun for kedusha the tyre Reb Chaim Kanievsky says is to learn the halachas of Hilchas Tumah v'Tayra. So this is the reason why on Purim we might have learned the sugyas, and this is the reason why there might be levayas because the levayas are showing us that no matter where Kala Yisrael is holding, but we have the element that we could be besimcha. How can we be besimcha by by fixing ourselves up? by cleansing ourselves, by learning the halachas of Parah Adum. And that's why immediately after Purim, we get to the Indian of Parshas Parah. I thought that was a Gavaldika segue for us to be able to get into the, the Inyanim of, of Parshas Parah and at the same time to recognize that the greatest simcha is that we ourselves are able to be to learn the, the, the halachas and we elevate ourselves. An, an akum, akum is loy meis. Akim doesn't Akim himself doesn't have tumma. Only a yid has tumma because we are on a higher level. We we speak this week's parsha. Yeah, we 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 uh, we speak on parshas kisisa, the famous psukim. Kisisa is rosh bnei yisrael gudayim, and we're supposed to give a kaifer nafshay. And what do we give? Everyone should give a machzis hashekel b'shekel akaydish. So over here, we always say over. Uh, and we said it over last year, we want to repeat it again because it's such a chod of the Gavart. First of all, what's the Indian of giving machs a shekel? Why don't we give a shekel sholem? What's this Indian of giving half shekels? And also, Rashi brings down that Moshe Rabbeinu was niskasha, he wasn't sure, it was difficult for him. So Rabbanisham showed him matbeya shol esh, he showed him a coin made out of fire. Why did he show him a, a coin made out of fire? What's wrong with a, with a regular coin to give for the machs a shekel? So first, we always say over what the Gain says. The Gain says that the Machzis has within it uh, the five letters that it has, the six letters, excuse me, the five letters that it has, the Mem, Ches, the Tzadik, and the Yud, and the Tov. And he says the outer letters are the Mem and the Tov. The Mem and the Tov represent Misa, fitting, befitting it to what we said before. And you have Misa. In the middle, we have Chai, and the tzaddik right in the middle. You have the ches and the yud, and the tzaddik. And it's teaching us that tzedakah is the thing, when a person has tzedakah in the middle, when a person is, his essence is tzedakah, so that's of the chai. That brings the chai close, and it's merachek the meis. It removes the misa. And that's why we say, A person wants to have the eights of chayim, that's the mitzvah of tzedakah. The mitzvah of tzedakah, Especially when a person is machzik loin deitayra, that person is makar of the, the is of life. So first of all, we just have this concept: why machzis? Because machzis is a remez that tzedakah is merachik the mace. It's merachik the mem and the tof, and it brings the chayin. Uh, in, 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 in another way, we want to look at it is what we always say is that the machzis represents that each person is truly only a half. And each one has to give to the other the kaychus. I mentioned it last night in my remarks. Spoke about a chasen and a kala. Every chasen, every kala. Each person rep- recognizes that they're only halves. And the two halves make the whole. Each person has what to give. Each one has their particular characteristics that they can add on. That's the Ezer connector of the Isha and the Isha. 
And that's why we say that <coughs> it's got to do with the Eish. Why Dafka Matbeya Shal Eish? Eish represents the Hislavus when a person has a, 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 a Simcha and when a person has a um, has something, an energy that he wants to give over. It's not just the giving of tzedakah that he gives, but he gives it with a chayfet's slave. He gives it with a tremendous, tremendous hislavus, uh, a tremendous simcha, a tremendous esh. When a person does that, then he creates a dynamics of the tzedakah, the tzedakah becomes something which is which is beyond the regular. And um, it's brought down in the, shuch, in the Shulchan Aruch. When a person gives tzedakah, he should give it, b'sever upon him, office, he should give it with a, with a good countenance. B'simcha u'batuv leiv. And if a person is mis'aynin with the ani, and his mitzar, medaber leiv, every time chum, when a person sees an ani, and he feels bad for him, and he says, oh yeah, I feel bad for you, then that person is elevating the tzedakah. The tzedakah is not stam tzedakah, but he helps him, to be able to to get out of his own tzaras. But if he gave it with a pun of Mazaya face, he gave it with a sour sour face, you're literally you, you lose your schus. Wow. A person can give tzedakah, but if he doesn't give it with the right simcha and the right slavas, then he's missing out on the mitzvah. And the briskarov was very, very much makbed on this. And he mentioned the Lashon of Rambam. When a person gives tzedakah to Ani, she gives a saving pun of and if a person gave even a thousand suhuvim, but he gave it b'panim kavushas, and then he's mafsid, but if a person gave it b'simcha, then he is able to elevate and is able to bring a person to a higher level. I saw that Reb Chaim Kanievsky, there was a person that came to the house and he mamish, he was down and out, and, and Reb Chaim spent so much time with him that couldn't get over. And Reb Chaim said, this person had tzaras, he had to pour his tzaras out to somebody. So I was able to do that for him. Sometimes the tzedak is not only giving money, it's just giving the support. Sometimes you have a person that comes to the house and, and, and you just bring them into the house and you make them feel a little bit better. That is that is the greatest tzedak that a person can give. The um, And this is the achdus of Klai Yisrael. When we're ma'achit, and we recognize all of us, that all of us only have, every single one of us has a characteristic. We can help with another person, be it the Ani to the Usher, the Usher to the Ani, but even between people who are, the, are in similar stratospheres. But when we, we elevate ourselves, each one of us is Mechaye another person, gives Chiyos to another person. Tzedakah gives Chayim, that removes the mace. So this is a message that uh, a half is only worthwhile if it elevates. <coughs> when a person elevates, then the equation becomes not just a um, not just a um, a ma'isa tzedakah, but it comes a ma'isa of giving chayim to another person. The parsha goes on in this week's parsha, and it speaks about the chet of the eagle, and we saw that. Very interesting that in, uh, in the Hakdama to the Chet of the Eagle, which is a very, very uh, difficult portion. We, last year we spoke a little bit more about it. Now we're just going to touch upon um, some outside varts. But it says, It says, They gave to Moshe, 
Moshe Rabbeinu received the Torah Har Sinai. He got the Shnei Luchas Evan Luchas Evan Ksuva Be'etzvelakim. So first, we want to focus on the fact that it says Luchas Evan. The Luchas were made out of Evan. What was the important that Luchas were made out of Evan, and they were written with the with the Etzvelakim? And we know that the Evan wasn't Stamen Evan; it was Evan Sanpirian. So I sort of if Sturmbach Shlita should be Gazut Nistark. He brings the concept of the Evan is to teach us an element of how we ourselves are makabel the Torah. We're makabel the Torah like the Evan. The Evan represents something which is steadfast, not easy to break. Even the Moshe Rabbeinu eventually is Meshavah the Luchas. But the truth is, but the Evan itself was almost indestructible. And this is teaching us that when a person is makabel the Torah, he has to be makabel the Torah to a point that it's been mysterious nefesh. This is something which by me is like a it's like a rack. I don't move from this. <clears throat> this is something which is which is so important. This is an evan. And the second thing is the evan represents how the person's attitude, how <clears throat> he accepts upon himself the Torah. Accept upon himself the Torah, this is an immovable object. <clears throat> something I'm going to keep to the best of my ability. It has to do with a person being kaveitim la and a person being conveyed that the Torah is really the most important thing. I'm not, not zuz from it. It's like an evan. It doesn't move from it. I don't remove. I don't move myself from my from my kviyas in Torah. My kviyas in Torah is not just the time period that's meant to Torah, but that the Torah is the most important thing. I always remember a certain you know, Yaakov Talmud who told me that he went for a business trip in London and they had to go to a business meeting and they. It was in a non-kosher restaurant, and when it came time, everyone was serving, and he, he said, listen, I can only drink water, and that's it. And he said, what do you mean? We can get you this, we can get you that. Everyone starts looking for a tayru. No, we'll get you, they can cut up this, they can cut up that. He says, no, just water. That's all I'm going to drink is water. And it was like an evan by him. And when a person has that attitude, that the tayru is like an evan, so then that is the type of kabbalah which we need for the tayru. Rashi says, So Rashi says, is chaser. It's missing a vav in the middle. It could have said with a vav, which is the way it should have been written. So it says, The Torah was given to Moshe Rabbeinu, to Klai Yisrael. It was given to Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu gave to Klai Yisrael like a kala to a chasen. You know, the highest element when we take a look at the Simcha in this world, it is a chasen and a kala. So it seems to be the Torah is being ramas. Oh, that the Torah is really the kala, which is given over to the chasen, is given over to Kla Yisrael. Now the Lashon of Kichalaisa, we know, usually means that something which ends. It's a Lashon of Gemar, Vesayf. Kichalaisa. When Moshe Rabbeinu finished, when like, ended up, finished speaking with him. Then he gave him the luchas. He was there for 40 days, and he gave him the luchas. So how do we turn that into kala? So for sure, it's a, the, 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 there's a chaser over here. But what's the connection between kala, of a kala nature, and kechalaisa, of an ending nature? A kala is something which is new, which is something which is a new event. And kechalaisa is something which is like an old event, thing has ended. So the answer is, that the Torah is telling us like this, that you, a person's attitude to the Torah has to be the attitude that the Torah is 
like a kala, which means every single day I'm like it's like a new a new chiddush. The bar Hashem, you have a chasan and a kala. It's like a tinak should noilad a new child that's born or a kala comes into the chuppah. It's like a bria chadasha. I look at every single day and I remove the previous day. I'm kechalaisay. It could be yesterday. I didn't. I didn't do everything that I wanted to do. But today, there's a new opportunity. Today is kekala lechasim. Kechalaisay. It's a lashdim gemar v'saif. I finished what I did next day. Now this morning is a new morning, a new maidaani, and a person has to be makabel on himself. That now I'm going to do my utmost to remove myself from the shackles of the Yitzhara, and I'm going to look at it as a new opportunity, just like I'm able to get a new kala. Uh, the Chassan says, ah, there's nothing greater, no greater simcha than having a kala. But when a person is makabah himself, this, he has to remember that he can't just, um, he can't just, you know, remove everything completely and say, I'm going to be makabah everything and I'm not going to do anything wrong. No, a person has to realize that uh, I have to try to do my madragas as best as I can. But a person, Rome wasn't built in a day, as they say, a person can't change everything overnight. So on one hand, it has to be Kibriya Chadasha. On the other hand, you still have to realize that it's Kichaloisai. It's still a Lashon of Gemar Vesayf. I've still connected. I finished with what I had for before. So it could be the previous I didn't act the way I was supposed to completely. Now I'm going to to, to try to do things with Slavith, with the new Simcha. And this is the message that the Torah was giving us when Moshe Rabbeinu received the Torah in Har Sinai. One last word that we're going to say, and we'll add on a Gavalika story, which I'm a Gavalika Maisa, which I saw. Um, but the um, the Torah tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu, when he turns to Hakadosh Baruch and he tries to speak on behalf of the Yidden, so it says uh, a lashon that Kla Yisrael is Am Kishayayif, right? They're stubborn people. Now, L'chayra, that's not necessarily a good thing. We say the Jewish people, because they're stubborn people. Now, the simple understanding of stubborn people is, oh, they're stubborn, so really, you're like, you know, like, uh, you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't uh, be so, dif- you shouldn't be so difficult with them because they're kshayarif. They're kshayarif. The kshayarif, that's not a good thing. The answer is that no. Kla Yisrael has Akshanus. The Akshanus is its stubbornness, but the stubbornness, it has a positive stubbornness. That means <coughs> that even though they might have sinned, right? But you should know, no matter what, they're stubborn in their belief to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's a Gavaldik HaMaisa that Sternbach Shlita brings down from Reb Chaim Hersh Maizelish, the Weizen Rebbe, that when he was in Auschwitz, and uh, there were mamashi, There was a group of a fourteen hundred Jewish boys and girls that the Nazis had put them into a certain block, and they were going on their way to the gas chambers. And it was Rosh Hashanah, and they wanted to hear Kiyah Shofar, and they asked this rub the Vatsner, if he would blow Shofar for them. And even though it was a big sakana, but he went. And he said the psukim in front of the tekiyas, and when he got to the psukim, from the depths of the straits, I call out to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. All of a sudden, everyone started crying with such tears, and 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 bechias. 
And then they told him, we want you to give us Dirvi Chizuk before the Tkiyas. And he gave him Dirvi Chizuk, and there was tremendous cries. And then he blew the shofar for them, he did Shlosh and Kailas. And then they had to leave. And even though Lamaisa, they didn't have food to eat, and but they heard the the tkiyas, and then it seems they said Kriyashma, and then they started singing Baruch Elokeinu Shabrana Lachavaydei. Can you imagine such a such a, a stubbornness? Baruch Elokeinu Shabrana Lachavaydei, and then they were taken the kedusha the tire they taken straight up to Gan Eden. He says within two hours they were taken away. Rabbi said this is the Amkshay Oyrif of Klal Yisrael. I have to tell you that. There was a yid that passed away and there was a hespedim last night for him, Rav Busoy. Rav Busoy was a Sephardish yid and he was the son-in-law of the Baba Sali. He lived here in Harnov and he was a big tzaddik. And I used to see him in shul davening and he was a yid that grew up in Argentina and then eventually he got to Eretz Yisrael and he ended up learning in the mirror by Rav Chaim Shalevitz. He then he learned in Parat Yosef and when he was in Parat Yosef he learned in Ezra and he was chosen to be the son-in-law of the Baba Sali. And he said the first time he went to the Baba Sali, he had heard about the Baba Sali, but because he had learned in yeshivas, he wasn't sure what kind of Talmud Chacham the Baba Sali was. Maybe it's not really the right shidduch for him, but he was told he should go, and then he started speaking and learning with the Baba Sali. He saw how great the Baba Sali was in learning. But most importantly, he said what he saw was the tremendous tzniyas, and the tremendous kedusha, the tire that he saw by the Baba Sali. And he became the son-in-law of the Baba Sali, and he himself was a great Talmud Chacham, and he ran Moises HaTayra, and he helped Yidin. This is the lesson of Yidin, that they have a Starkite, they have an Akshanus, and uh, no matter what type of circumstances they are, they, 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 they keep the Torah, so these are the Yidin that were taken away, and at the same time, we also have Akshanas. One last Meister we're going to end off with, I saw brought down a, a little boy that lived in Yerushalayim, his name was Avram Bergman, and he was dancing on Simcha's Torah with Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld, the Rav Yerushalayim, whose yard site is this week. And when they were dancing, he turned to Rabbi Yosef Chaim and he said, Rabbi, can you please explain to me why do we start off en kelokeinu, en kelokeinu, en kadunenu? And then we say, mi kelokeinu, mi kadunenu, mi kamalkeinu, mi kamoshenu. L'chor is the opposite. We should start off, mi kelokeinu, mi kadunenu. And then we say, en kelokeinu, en kadunenu. Very strong question that this young boy asked. So Yosef Chaim said to him, do you know the Maris Tzitkiyo? Do you know the caves of Tzitkiyo, which every single boy in Yerushalayim then knew? He says, have you ever gone to those caves? He says, Yes. He says, it's, it's, it, caves are very dark. So when you go in, how do you get out from the caves? I guess not every person had flashlights in those days. They didn't have flashlights. So he says, you know, what you do is when you go into a cave, a dark cave, you make a simon. So you know, you mark, you mark something off. And then if you get lost, you're able to somehow feel that mark. And then you know that you're on the right path. And then you're able to get out from the dark cave. He says, this world is a dark cave. We have to know one thing. The first thing we have to make simonim. The simonim are ein kelokeinu, ein kadeneinu. First of all, there's nothing, there's nothing like the Rabbanu Shalom. If we make the simonim, no matter where we are in the darkness, we're going to come out. And then we can start searching and say, mi kelokeinu, mi kadeneinu. We can start searching for the positive things of 
who the Rabbani Shalom is. And then if Yosef Chaim looked at this boy's eyes and he told him, you're not going to remain here in Eretz Yisrael, you're going to go out and you're going to be in a dark cave. But if you'll make the right Samanim, you're going to eventually come back. And that's what happened. You have to know the poverty that was in Yerushalayim that was unbelievable. And this Yingle eventually grew up and he ended up going to Europe. And he, because he was in Europe, he was there during the war, during World War II. And he went and he suffered and he went through a lot of things. But he never lost his Emunah He always said, There's no, like, no one like the Rebbeinu Shalom. No matter where I am, and eventually he was able to come back to Eretz Yisrael, and he was able to build a family because he had the Sumanim. Rabbi say, Ah, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshish, Kisisa, where we're raising ourselves up. Each one of us is a Machsus. Each one of us gives a Simcha. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshish, Para, where we're getting closer to Pesach. We're elevating ourselves to Shloshim Yom Kodesh, as we said before, from the Arve Nachal. And no matter of the difficulties that Klaisville go is goes through, but we recognize in the midst of the darkness there's a great light. We should be able to see be the simcha, take the simcha of Purim. We should take the kedusha v'tayra and to daven to that he should pour on us, pour upon us We should be zeichet that this mitzvah as we get closer to this Pesach, it should be a gula, a gula acharita. We should be zeichet the coming of Mashiach. Wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, it would be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.